Welcome to the Elite HRV Podcast, where experts share their experience using heart rate variability and other biomarkers to optimize health and human performance. Welcome back to the Elite HRV Podcast. This is your host, Jason Moore. And today I'm excited to welcome to the show, Tyron Grunwald. Well done. Tyron, how did I do? Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. <laughs> well okay, done. Okay, perfect. We were pra- practicing a little bit. I have to say, um, you, you mentioned your native language is Afrikaans, and I do not natively speak that language. So that was my best attempt. <laughs> not a lot of people do. It's only, it's limited to a little town or, a, 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 you know, a little province in, in South Africa. Um, but kudos to you, Jason. Uh, well done on that introduction. <laughs> well, thanks, Tyron. And, uh, you know, we're here today to discuss something that's really important and close to home for me. Um, and that's your journey. Uh, through your health and fitness and stress journey. And, um, you know, just for folks kind of tuning in, and uh, uh, I've got a couple bullet point highlights here that uh, really set the stage for this conversation. And that's that, um, you know, like many of us, uh, you've had a a health and fitness journey and a stress journey. Um, But for yours, it also kind of started uh, coming onto your radar strongly about five years ago when you had a specific heart issue, which we'll talk more about uh, later. And uh, there was a a weight issue as well. You were able to lose after that 114 pounds and you were able to increase your exercise to where you're running every day. And you currently have a streak on Elite HRV of over 1,100 days of monitoring your heart rate variability. That's right. And yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. You know, there's some amazing numbers in there. And I really want to unpack it all because there's, uh, I think, a lot that we can learn and a lot of people that could benefit from hearing your journey. You should should see my calorie counting app. I've got more than 2,400 days continuous streak on that one. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I, I wish I could. I wish I could say that yours was the highest, but unfortunately, I picked up on on Elite HRV about a year later than my, um, well, almost two years later than my, uh, you know, than my 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 calorie counting app. But nevertheless, yeah, it's that's been amazing. over a thousand days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's pretty fantastic. I mean, you know, that's going to be one of the things that we really want to learn about is you've uh, made some amazing improvements to your situation. You really kind of took your own life into your own hands. And, um, you know, these tools played a role in that. Obviously, it was you that did it, but these tools played a role and we're kind of interested in learning how you uh, found them and what learned how what worked for you and things like that. Absolutely. You know, maybe we start Sure. Maybe we start maybe uh, close to the beginning, you know, five years ago, you know, I hinted at a heart condition um, and maybe you could tell us your kind of genesis story of how you got into the being a health nut like one of us. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So yeah, thank you, Jason, for the opportunity. It's like I told you before we started recording, it's it's a surreal uh, moment for me to actually listen you know, or speak direct directly to you. Um, after listening to so many podcasts, um, it's it's an absolute pleasure speaking with you directly. And I think from the bat, you know, I would like to say thank you for what you guys are doing and continually doing at Elite HRV. Um, not just yourself, but the entire team. Whether that's responding to feedback on the different social media platforms or getting in touch via email they are always out there you know answering questions not just to myself but 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 all of the users of this great application um and it really is a a a massive benefit um not just to me but to to thousands of people out there so so i have to say from the get-go a a massive massive kudos and 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 thank you for putting this out thank you taren that that really means a lot i appreciate that 
So, so if we, if you would like me to start from the beginning, um, I've got a small little story that I always start off when I tell people around a bonfire of how it started. So, you know, I was always a fit guy in school. Used to play, play, play rock, rugby, which is a, a massive sport in South Africa. I know it's small in the states; it's it's picking up these days. Um, and I used to run in school as well. And 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 after I, I I finished school, you know, you you go to college and 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 then. Um, you know, you, you become a, a party nut and you start going out more frequently and the, the exercise gets the backseat and, it, you know, it starts to fade out. And, I mean, after four years, all of a sudden I jumped from, from a guy that was around 100 kgs, what's that, about 200 plus pounds in, 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 in your units, um, up to about mm-hmm, 120. Yeah, it's, and that jumped up to about a hundred and fifty, eight hundred and sixty kgs, which is about three fifty in 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 your terms. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and it slowly creeps up on you. Um, it's not like you sit every day on the couch and you think to yourself, "Whoa, something's wrong." It, it's all of a sudden you wipe out your your eyes, you know, or you you fit on a pants and you're like, "Whoa, this doesn't seem right." And you sort of discard it. You know, you don't really give attention to it because life's good, right? You just move on. And this particular day, we went out to go and climb a, a, a mountain here in, in Cape Town. Um, all of you guys have heard of, of Table Mountain before, but there's this little small, smaller one next to it called Lion's Head. And I went up there with my fiance, and I, we went about halfway up, and I was just completely out of breath. And I was soaked with sweat, and I literally just couldn't go any further. And I had a bunch of my friends up on the mountain already. They were at the summit, you know, and, and, and calling down saying, where are you guys? We're waiting, et cetera. And I got to a particular stage where I simply just couldn't do it anymore. And I felt so bad about that because I knew I was at a stage to turn around. And, and remember, I was a guy that has climbed that mountain many times before. And all of a sudden, I found myself that I can't go any further. So I decided to turn around and go back to the car. And I hiked back down, got into the car, felt completely disgraced. And so all my mates come down, everybody's back in the car, we're going to go for a beer afterwards, you know, and all of them are like, you know, what happened to you? And they've got a nickname for me called T-Bone. They say, that, so T-Bone, where are you? And I'm like, you know, I, I just didn't feel good. And then my fiance, you know, she jumped in the middle and she said, but she she was scared of the heights, et cetera. And, and I decided to turn around with her. And while we were driving back home, I told her, you know, she sort of saved the saved the embarrassment for me. She took it upon herself because she knew how embarrassed I was because I'm a bit of a cocky guy. And I just thought to myself, well, I mean, I, I can't go on like this. Um, I need to seriously change my life. And I started literally the day after that. Um, and as everybody starts, you think, right, I'm just going to start with a diet. And I've got no idea what a diet is about. I've never dieted in my life. Um, I'm just going to, you know, try and do my own thing. And then it started, you know, it started doing uh, stationary bikes and trying to eat three, four meals a day. But the first six, seven months was horrendous. I mean, you've got so many hunger pangs. You don't really have a plan. It's all about the calories. Um, initially, I did drop about 10 kgs, um, but I think half of that was probably water weight. And the rest was just the fact that I was being physical again. But then at a particular mm. stage, I used to get these nosebleeds, right? And, I, and my heart didn't feel completely right. You know, I could feel it like fluttering in my chest. And when I'm in bed at night, I could feel it literally, you know, uh, pumping. And I decided to go and go and check out my heart at a local cardiologist. And so I make the appointment, go down to 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 his offices. And so I do the stress, uh, what do they call it, the ECG, Um Mm-hmm. And he does the sonar scan on my heart, and he says, "Look, there's some there's some great concern over here." And he, he asked me about my family, so I said, "Look, my dad passed away at 48 due to a heart attack. Um, my mom, she's been on blood pressure meds for the last 30 plus years, um, so there's family history over there." Um, and he says, "Look, at the end of the day, you've got." Uh, so he diagnosed me with left ventricle hypertrophy. It was quite substantial at that point in time, and 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 there was serious concern that I would need to do something about it. At that stage, obviously, we went through all the tests, um, and it came back. He said, look, it's probably due to this massive amount of weight that you're carrying. Let's try and get the weight down. Um, otherwise, you know, you're not going to be around by the time you hit, you hit uh, 30 or 31 or 32. I said, great, man, I'm on it. 
and from there I really started delving into it, you know, and, and, and I remember it very fondly how I started just going on the internet. And at that stage, you, all of all of you guys are uh, familiar with uh, our local professor called Tim Noakes, and he was on the Banting Wagon, and it was a big thing in South Africa. Everybody started writing books and following it like a religion. And I mean, I delved mm-hmm. into it, right? So, so I cut out all the potatoes and, you know, I went full on almost keto, I would say, because I was completely under 20 grams of carbs a day. And to be honest, that first year went exceptional. I lost a tremendous amount of weight. And I think purely because of the fact that I could control my hunger. But it was at that particular point where I started picking up on, on, on heart rate variability. Um, and it was a concept that I, I I really struggled to wrap my head around in the, you know, the first time I really got involved. So I downloaded the app, started measuring it with my little polar strap around my chest. You know, I didn't really understand the numbers. Um, but, you know, you go onto all the different social media platforms. At that stage, you guys had a lot of great articles out on the website already. Um, and you start, you know, you start you start studying these things on your own. Um, and then from there, you know, it started escalating. And as the exercise component started playing a much bigger role, I would see myself as an amateur guru now in the trail running field. You know, Elite HRV went from just monitoring the heart to 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 a daily uh, uh, what measurement to see, you know, in, at what state my recovery is, how I would perform that day, etc. And then I went back to that same cardiologist two years later. Um, And at that stage, I lost about out of the – so I need to just do my calculation here within the pound side. So out of the – actually, I lost about 150 pounds, right? At that stage, it was about Mm -hmm. 100. At that stage, it was about 100 already. So I still had a bit to go, but I was in good condition. And I went back to his offices. He did the same scans Blood pressure was down, left ventricle uh, uh, hypertrophy was still present, but it substantially decreased. Um, he said, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then about another year after that, well, year and a half brings us up to the five-year mark. So last year, I went back to his offices in September. I'll never forget it. Did all the scans once again, and it came back, left ventricle hypertrophy completely reversed, back into normal numbers. So they measured it sort of in millimeter ranges, right? So if you're within the, I think, 0 to 17%, uh, you know, that's a normal heart, where mine was at a stage about 26 or 27. Um, So I reversed that component completely. Um, I remember the first few months, well, I would say year, where I actually had blood blood pressure monitoring every morning. So I've got, and I'm jumping around a bit, but every morning I do elite HRV first of all. After that, I jump on my blood pressure monitor, then I do my temperature, then I do my waking glucose, and then only I take my first sip of coffee. (laughs) And I've done that every (laughs) I've done that every day for the last five years. I've become a bit mental in in that case, but but you need controls like these in your in your life to you know to stay on top of your optimal game. And even if it's a bit obsessive compulsive, I would not want to go back to where I was. Um, and and coming back to the blood pressure, I was on an average. For, the first day I walked into his office, I was about 180 above 110. That came down to about 160 over 100 on average. And today I'm walking around with an average of about 125 over 71. So that's how much the blood wow. pressure just stabilized within that same period. Waking uh, blood glucose, I still, I'm, I'm not completely low carb. I'll still go between 100 and 150 grams a day, which is probably moderate. I would say low for a guy that runs and swims as light as I do. But nevertheless, I've got a waking blood glucose now of about 4.2 to about 4.7 i do quite a lot of intermittent fasting um and i do all these these little small things to keep the body optimal and optimized so a long introduction from my end and a little story at the beginning um but that's that's sort of how it all started for me wow that that's a great story (laughs) really it really is it's um (laughs) go ahead what were you gonna say yeah, I would, like I said, I was I was very embarrassed at the start, you know, and and, and not today as much, uh, you know. Today I, I share the story because being in such a state, being so obese, you know, 
you look at yourself in in in, in a mirror or you you put on the pants and you sort of put it out of your mind right you know you don't have a genetic disposition for it you know this is just completely your, you you not looking after yourself and it's it's sort of out of sight out of mind but then at a stage you know it hits you in the face and then you see all the underlying markers that it's affecting you walk into a doctor's office and he tells you hey man you, you got to do something about this and then your eyes really open up. Um, and yeah, and to come back to my point, I mean, having these controls in place, it is absolutely crucial in maintaining that. For some people, it comes natural. I've got so many friends of mine that used to surf with me, play rugby with me, still runs today, and they've always been thin and healthy, but they can regulate their appetites. Till today, five years later, I need to count my calories. I need to check my macros. I need to be on top of my game because you know, where for another guy, a binge is 500 calories. For me, a binge is 4,000 calories. And it will probably be like that for the rest of my life. Um, and that's why you need these little small controls to just always keep you on top of your game. And that's why Elite HRV is so instrumental to me. Well, I really thank you again for sharing that because, you know, I think to unpack there, there's something really profound in the specifics of your story when you talk about literally changing the shape and size of your heart when you're diagnosed with you know ventricular hypertrophy and your heart is you know enlarged even and then through your own uh your own will you know i i i really appreciate you highlighting the toolkit as well but um, you're the one who's who's done this journey, uh, even with the controls in place, and so it's really amazing to say, uh, how, see how far you've come. Uh, the weight loss alone is is inspiring for many people struggling with their weight today, um, but then even being able to have that uh, really physiological adaptation at the level of changing the size of part of your heart is is really a powerful story. Absolutely, so, really. Hats off. You said hats off earlier and kudos for us, but I think the same to you. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. And, you know, you you mentioned a few different things that maybe we can just uh, learn a little bit more about in there. And so, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, reducing carbohydrates and going towards uh, keto at first and, and then eventually kind of low to moderate carb um, is that something, um, and then, uh, intermittent fasting. So is that something that changed throughout that journey or you kind of mentioned at the beginning, it was more strict keto. It sounded like when under 20 grams of carbs, and then now it's up towards more like hundred, 150, it, you know, how did you kind of navigate, you know, figuring out what your sweet spot was? That's such a good question. And I always love answering it because if you ask the same guy four years ago, I would probably chase you away if you came with carbs into my house. Um, and today I'm <laughs> and today I'm all for carbs, but I mean I think that's the natural progression and where we find ourselves now in time. I remember a podcast many years ago that had many people on his show and it was a popular thing, you know, and 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 everybody followed him. And then all of a sudden our own Tim Noakes, you know, came out and, and banting, like I said, was the religion, you know, keto was the religion. And you read up on everything, you listened to the podcast and you thought, okay, man, I got to throw out all my potatoes, you know, I got to toss out all the, <laughs> I got to toss out all the beers. I can't ever have that cookie. And to be honest, you know, because you see that immediate drop in weight, I mean, we're talking about four cages in a week and it's gone. Um, that inspires you, right? Because it's it's showing you that there's immediate progress. Um, if you feel better, you know, all those things today, I would say it's probably a placebo because uh, if I think back, you know, I, I don't feel different today than what I felt at that stage. I'm talking about, you know, the cognitive side of things. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in a sense, probably a lot of people experience it different. But I then started moving from that keto environment into the training environment, right? And we started doing our local park runs, et cetera. And I've got a competitive nature. So for me, it was all about, and I don't know if you guys have park runs in the States. I'm not too sure. It's a local Saturday morning 5K run at your local park. Hundreds of people come. It's you against the clock. I'm not too sure if you guys do it in the States. I know it's massive in the UK um, and and Australia and New Zealand. I'm not too sure about yeah, the States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we do that here too. I think usually it's like 
um, related to some type of charity or, you know, some type of cause Wonderful. or something to okay. kind of br- bring awareness to things. But yeah, that's, that's a big thing as well. So I rock up at this park run, right? Um, via colleagues of mine at that stage, they've done about 250. They've got these nice purple shirts, you know, with the 250 number at the top. And I think, yes, and I'm a, I have a trail runner, right? At that stage, but I don't do any competitive running. I get out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday morning, and I just do my normal runs. I, I put on my headphones and I listen to your podcast. <laughs> so I'm out there and I, <laughs> so I rock up at the park run and I think, okay, let's give it a shot. And I come in the day and I think I clocked my first park run, like let's, it's a 5K. So I come in at about 21, 20, right? 21 minutes, 20 seconds, and I place fourth. And it's so weird because of my competitive nature. You know, immediately once the race is done, I'm like, I'm back next Saturday again. <laughs> I'm beating that 21. <laughs> I'm beating that 21 minutes. And yeah, so so now I'm reaching 60 of it. With this pandemic this year, you know, I would have almost been to 100. Um, but obviously they canceled the park runs when we got our lockdown in March. And we're actually still in lockdown level one. But yeah, park runs can't can't uh, resume at this point in time and then from there on out you know it really became a big thing from and and elite like i said elite elite hrv has always been a part of me but really the last year year and a half i would say is where i really learned the, the you know the tremendous power of it and i can tune it in so finely you know if i have that one beer too many on a saturday night i immediately know what my result will be the next morning if I go out today and I, I I I just run a bit too hard over my last few intervals, I know exactly how my HRV will be tomorrow. And and that is for me like then to come back to the controls, right? You, you sort of later on learn to manage those controls. And I can balance between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic tones. Um uh, you know, and I can use those controls with, with the inputs that I give it, but also the feedback that I get out to really establish where I am within my training program. And then, yeah, about six months later, I trained myself down and on the same route, which has got about 300 um, meters of, of, of gain, of elevation gain, I clocked it in about 1840. So I was extremely satisfied because wow. I could break a sub-19, right? Um, in that same period, I, I lost another four or five kgs um, to where I'm hitting about the 90 kg mark at the moment. So it's been tremendous in that in, in that sense. Um, and that's really where the carbohydrates come back into the, the fold, right? These days, if I don't have a carb, you know, I am groggy. I'm just completely out of it. And, and, and don't get me wrong, people can perform on fats. But there's no way you're going to perform on, on on fats at that type of high explosive performance. I mean, you can go and pull out any study that you want to. But, you know, glycogen and glucose plays its role. And for that fast, you know, burning fuel at the moment, the highest point of VO2 max, your heart is hitting 95% of its maximum capacity while you're climbing a hill you're going to need that fast burning fuel to get you there. So that's sort of where, you know, where I, I, I changed my stance on the carb side. I'm not saying I'm eating cookies and Oreos every day, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it, it's, it's using it strategically to, to at my advantage. And cognitively, I feel so much better. So it's been a, it's been a process. Um, I've, I follow quite a lot of uh, uh, low-carb groups out on the internet. I, I think two biggest ones that I use, or, or you know, like that is almost like a religion to me, is, is, is keto gains and then optimal ketogenic living. Um, two completely separate accounts uh, to one another, you know, on their, their approaches to the low-carb environment, um, but they've been instrumental in, in you know, in, in getting discipline out and the results that they get. So that's been the that's been the process from a dietary perspective and the carbohydrate side. Um, I hardly have any heavy carb ups just purely because, you know, the carbs that I do eat is very real food, you know, it's potatoes, um, sweet potatoes, you know, that type of thing. So, um, mm-hmm. the carbs, is, the carbs are still fairly lowish, but, but not close to, to the keto side. And then you had a question about the, the fasting. <laughs> so the fasting plays. Yeah. Well, role. That's, yeah. Yeah, so the fasting plays a massive role uh, for the last four years, well, let's say three years. So I do twice a year, I do a seven-day complete water fast, 
okay? Completely just water. I go to work. I do my thing. I just chill on the exercise a bit. So I do two times a year, normally in March and September, I do full seven-day water-only fast. Um, and then when I'm in a cutting cycle, when I need to drop a bit of fat um, or just lean out a bit, then I will introduce a 18 or an OMAD type of approach, um, but with a lot of focus on early time restricted feeding. Um, I don't believe that you should should get into bed on a full stomach. Um, the earlier you finish your, your meal and the sooner you start fasting in the day, the better it is. And, and actually, my HRV shows that as well. If I do an early time restricted feeding and I have two meals for that day, I can have my first one at 7 o'clock when the sun comes up. Circadian rhythm is pumped. All the clocks in the body is ready to go. They're all synced with one another. You know how the CNN works, right? The superchiasmatic nucleus, the major clock in the brain, you know, tells the rest of the organs in the liver, wake up, we need to go. So I have my first meal. I'll have my last meal about 2 p.m., 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and I tell you, I've got the best sleep that night, and my HRV from a parasim or from a balanced perspective is always the best after such an, you know, after such a such a time on that that fasting cycle. If I have, if I shift it later to the day, let's say I break the fast at 12 p.m. and I have a late evening meal at about 7 or 8 p.m. Next day, I'm groggy. Uh, elite, uh, my HRV tone is a bit down as well. So, so that's also something interesting that I've picked up over the last two or three years. So fasting definitely I love a big the, <laughs> I love the detail that you have, you know, from uh, having tracked so many days in a row and so uh, having so much self-awareness too. And, you know, that's kind of what we always think of uh, our toolkit and, and other things that you can monitor about yourself as just tools for self-awareness to help you learn about yourself right and absolutely you know, putting in making it part of your routine and putting it in the time like this to collect the data it's clear when you listen to you speak about this that it's just you've gone through the the iterations of measuring and seeing what happens when you do this thing when you change this variable when you eat early versus when you eat late when you do time-restricted feeding versus free eating. And Absolutely. it's just, yeah, that's powerful. I, I have a, a quick it. question and for you on that. Go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. So, And I think that's really oh. one of the biggest points I need to drive home, right, is that a lot of people, when they look at elite HRV, right, or if I speak to a friend of mine about it or a colleague, they think it's for 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 elite athletes, right? It's people that's going out there and, you know, doing marathons or, or weightlifters, whatever. And I always tell them, no, 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 there's, there's a place for the layman with HRV as well. The, you've got so many different <laughs> components and factors within your life that impacts your heart rate variability. And to get that feedback in every morning, once you, you know, once you measure yourself, Forget about the exercise for now. Sure, that will become a part later on when you take up that habit and you start exercising. But there's so many other variables that you can learn from HRV just by your normal daily patterns. It's 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 simply just not about 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 athletes and 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 exercise. It's about way more. And there's parts of your parts of your journey there that sound clearly uncomfortable to, you know. Uh, anyone well to me too i've practiced early time restricted feeding and you know circadian entrainment by eating early and i also i can echo the feelings and the differences with my hrv data but i'll also share that it wasn't it's not always easy to um not eat dinner basically or not eat late right um, <laughs> absolutely it, you've yeah, got children i kind of wanted to ask you about you've that got, is you've, like you've got how children do you approach that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So you've, got, yeah. you've got children you've got friends over you know so so look as with everything right and, and this is a guy having five years worth of experience so you obviously have to practice it to become better at it it's like everything that you do in your life so yeah i don't always you know if if i put a week aside that i'm saying i'm going to do my early time restricted feeding for this week and i'm going to break that on a saturday evening right 
I will be strict from that Monday to the Friday. That Saturday, I've got a few friends over. Great. I'll break my own rule. But that Sunday, I'm back. And let's say I'm on a cycle for two or three weeks. Then I plot it out. I've got a little calendar that I stick up next to my, you know, next to the bed. And that is my plan for the next six to 12 months. And I do not stray from that. Um, the rest of the house can eat, you know, friends even can come over if they want to, but they know Tyron is not going to be socially involved. Um, and normally then they stay away, which I do prefer then because I, you know, I, I like to put out, if I say I'm putting out an event or we're going to have a little get together, then I know I've planned for it before the time. And unfortunately, you know, that's what you have to do to be optimal. Um, and like I said earlier on, if it's a bit obsessive compulsive, then from where I came from and, and where I found myself, I needed to, 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 you know, to, to, to get that sort of attitude to really see the results. So I know what works for me. I need to progress continually. And then obviously there's the, the, the stats is out there, you know, that, that many people that lose a large amount of weight, you know, within the first to three years, you know, they, they pick up about all of the weight and even more. And from the get-go, that was always of great concern to me because I didn't want to become one of those statistics. One of my best mates, you know, he lost about 50-odd pounds. He's picked it up again and more, and now, he, you know, he's walking into, to, to, uh, you know, into health problems. Uh, and when I have a discussion with him about it, I can see, you know, how bad he feels about it and the guilt that's there. And imagine now losing all that weight again for a second round. So for me, it was always about I can't go back to where I came from. Um, and all these little controls that I have, all the fasting and the low-carbing and the cycles that I cut and the cycles that I bulk and the runs that I do and the, the social events that I do not always go to, all of that plays a little role in me maintaining that position that I have. Because if I let go of that, that and I don't have those controls in place, I will probably also end up back, you know, regaining all that weight. Um, so yeah, that's, that's essentially how I, you know, how I, how I approach it. <laughs> and, you know, you've highlighted something there too, is and that's that at the end of the day, um, as, uh, biological creatures, um, uh, we deal with stress and stress is a major input and a major output from every decision that we make and whether we know it or not. And so, on the one hand, you know, um, taking sort of like a, the path of least resistance where it may be a little bit less stress to just kind of not stick to your plan or let go or, you know, kind of cheat is not really the word I'm looking for, but you kind of get what I mean. Yeah, and, a bit off track. Uh, yeah. But yeah, not, go not, off not, track of it. Not both feet, just one feet off the track. <laughs> that type right. of Right. And then... But that all, all of those decisions, like as you've said, you can see it in your HRV, your heart rate variability, that um, those in, end up causing stress on your body. It just doesn't happen in that moment. It happens, you know, during or after. Exactly. And uh, those have consequences. And um, so you've, you know, how do, how do you approach all of that? For stress, because I know there's a stress element to your story as well that you've shared with me. Yeah, so so I'm like any normal other person, right? So I've I've got stress in life, and and that's between the office that we run. Um, I mean, I've got about seven, eight clients that I look after in the in the position that I do. I'm in an IT environment that's always evolving, you know, with with managed services that we're looking after. So it's a it's a high stress environment. Um, and 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 you need to obviously manage that like you manage everything else in your life. And I think where, where, where Elite HRV really came in for me is in, in managing the stressing component was once again in obtaining that optimal balance, right? So I know I've got a particular plan for tomorrow, the day after, you know, when I want to go for my next long run, et cetera. So I've got these different, uh, I've got these different points that I want to reach. And I know if I if I don't control the stress. I don't control the dietary intake. I don't get enough sleep. All of that will impact that part for me. And I can tell you now, if I get a low morningless readiness score or I've got a coefficient of variation after a week that's up into the 12 and 13 and 14 percent, I'm man down. My performance sucks. My sleep sucks. My stress is completely through the roof. So I know what I need to do to keep all of those things in check. 
And if the stress comes in a day, you know, whether that's between my my risk heart rate monitor that's telling me, hey, you're stressing out now, or elite HRV showing that to me, I can sort of see a trend then forming over a day or two, and then I know, okay, great, I need to back off a bit, you know, I need to do something to get rid of the stress, why that's, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, going out, not running, maybe just go for a walk, go down to the beach for a swim, do a bit of cold thermogenesis, you know, cold exposure, which we can also talk about because that's got a massive impact on, on, on your HRV. So I know sort of how to put these little controls in place when I see myself going a bit off track. So if the stress levels increase over a day or two, my HRV shows that to me, I can immediately do something about that before it just becomes, you know, out of control. And it has been out of control, and then it takes some time to bring it back. Um, and that's one of the other points that I, mean, I touched on, it is the coefficient of variation, right? And that's one of the major things. I don't really worry about the morningness readiness score anymore. <laughs> um, I, I, I rather look at those. An advanced user. Yeah. <laughs> so I look at those elements because they tell you actually such a bigger story, right? And you don't need a thousand days to get to this point. You can literally do it within the first month or two. Um, but that is really a, a good predictor of where you are. It's that autonomic balance that you have. And the lower that CV gets, for me personally, and I mean the studies are out there, you know, the better your, your HRV or balance at least is. And I find if I am below 6 to 4 even to 2%, and I think the longest streak I've had on a 2% CV was three weeks, which I think is pretty bloody long because I'm not an elite athlete wow. that's got trainers, mm-hmm. um, and that's difficult to maintain such a low CV, right? I mean, it's one day you've got too much stress or you've got a little injury or you've had bad sleep, you had that one beer too many, you know, your sleep uh, pattern is completely out of whack, you know, and the next morning you wake up and you've got a low sympathetic uh, or a high sympathetic reading and it knocks the CV right out of the ballpark. So those are the elements that I look at, right? And the closer I can keep that to my unique number, the better I know I perform. But once again, Jason, I mean, this is this is experience, right? You, you got to do it to get there. To, the layman that comes in on day one or day two or day three, you know, they're not going to be where, where, where you and I are now. But at least we're doing recordings like these, right? And they can reach out and they can read up on it. And and, and hopefully that, in, you know, inspires them to, to start with it rather sooner than later. And I think that's that's an important point I need to get across. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, that's actually very meaningful because, you know, it's it's inspiring to hear stories like this, but I'm sure you can think back to kind of the first few days. Actually, you even shared in this story the first um, time that you started uh, tracking and trying to tweak your diet. You said it was a little bit disastrous because you didn't really know what you were doing and you were kind of just worried about the calories mostly, but you didn't know as much about macros or other types of things and um, that it didn't go so well at first until you kind of figured a few things out. But I think that everyone kind of goes through that, you know, and you it could it. be exercise or it could, could, could be stress, could be, could be the diet side of things. It could be relationships or work or, um, Absolutely. you know, a number of different things. You know, that people but like that's to say beautiful, that, like that you share is, <laughs> yeah, the journey. So people like to always say, you know, that we are all different and, and we are right. Everybody is not the same, but we've got underlying physiological elements, you know, that are the same. Um, and, and, you know, my heart pumps, your heart pumps. So there are certain elements that we simply just cannot stray away from. Right. And, and even after five years from now, you know, we all know calories, you know, we're in and out. That's what makes you lose weight, right? The more you burn, you know, and the less you take in, you'll drop the weight. You take more in, then you burn, you're going to pick it up, but it's finding all the little elements and controls around that formula that really enables you to become successful. And whether that's having a low-carb approach or having a high-carb approach or then being somebody that's practical and knowing that you can maintain 2,000 calories a day while not counting a macro, then, I mean, I take my hat off to you. If I take my fiancé, for an example, she doesn't she doesn't count a calorie, but she's thin and she's always been thin. Um, where I, on the other hand, if I was to be like that, you know, I would pick it all up again. Um so there's certain elements that are always the same, right? It can't be changed, but it's the way that we approach them. 
and the way that that you know that we take the different characters and, and attitudes that are out there, uh, and that's really where you need to you know make sure that you understand the science behind these things because that just you know speeds up the process in a sense, but it also you know it, it, it takes the snakes uh, the snakes uh, oil salesman out of the equation, and you really get to the the accurate science and and, and factual based. And and I think if I knew that at the start, I could probably have changed a lot of things earlier but would i do it over again in the same manner probably yes because i wouldn't be in this position where i am today having the knowledge base that i do have and i'm no expert um but i know what works um and i know it's worked for so many other people as well yeah well that's i mean uh you know hats off for being in a place where you wouldn't change the past even though you've made many mistakes i am grateful for the place that I'm in at my life and I've made tons of mistakes in the past. And, uh, and I think that's just part of the journey and absolutely. It's, it's great to hear. Yep, um, absolutely. So, it's the journey that makes you right. It's the journey that makes you. That's what it's about. That's all it is. I mean, what, what else do we have besides the journey? <laughs> that's, that, that's it. And I don't want the journey to stop, right? So there's always this thing of optimizing more, getting more out of it. When you guys change the GUI of the, of the app, you know, I thought for a, for a long time to write you a letter or an email to tell you I hate the new look and the new feel, but but <laughs> but now I'm totally in love with it. You, love with it, you know all the different parameters I can now put in the the emoticons that you guys have put in now to say how do I feel that particular day, and now after a hundred or two hundred days with the new feel, look and feel, you know you go back on your trends and you look at them all. It it just has such a beautiful picture now that you know the the previous version or the previous look did not have um so at that particular stage you, you know you hate the new look you hate the new feel a hundred days later you're totally in love with it and it's part of the journey right that's what we're talking about <laughs> mm -hmm. it's it's Definitely. part of the journey so small things like that but i mean they play a crucial part and it's those little small elements that eventually makes the whole picture fit together so you, you talked about cold therapy, cold plunges, cold showers, um, maybe, uh, and, and its impact on your HRV. What's your experience been like there? Oh, so from a pure recovery perspective, right? So, so cold exposure, um, has been, been, been great in, in that sense. I think, I, 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 I mean, the, the science is still up in the air about it, but, but, you know, from a cold exposure perspective, for me, it's always when I've got a little niggle or a pain, you know, I, I don't always try to go into cold water because that essentially just numbs it down and it slows, it actually slows the recovery process. For me, the cold exposure is about training the autonomic nervous system, right? It's about the inside, not always about the outside. So from an elite HRV perspective, right, if I have a a cold shower in the morning, you know, or, or, or late at night before I get into bed, open all the windows, it's pretty cool in the room, you know, I have some of the best readings the next morning. Because we all know lower temperatures, you know, there's an optimal temperature where your room should be, all the lights off, I mean, that obviously goes without saying, that immediately has an effect on the heart and the entire autonomic nervous system. So the next morning, I'll have a very low heart rate, um, my HOLV will be completely optimal i'll be as parasympathetic as you would want to be when you wake up you know in a in a in a rest state um and and that all you know so cold thermogenesis is not just about jumping in a cold you know <laughs> cold bath of water or in a swimming pool or in the ocean mm -hmm. it's, it's it's about the general environment that you find yourself in um so so that's really where the cold has played a big role um at a stage when I went through a, a big stage where I went through a cold exposure, and I still do it these days, um, was in regards to you know how the body burns off of the different types of fat, right? Between your your brown adipose mm -hmm. tissue and the white adipose. So so at a stage that was a really big thing for me and and I saw great results, right, in, in doing that cold exposure. It's hectic at the start. <laughs> I mean, you just got to keep breathing and you need to, like with anything else, with fasting and all of those things, you know, you need to train your body up to get to a particular point. But you never feel as good by jumping into a cold, you know, into a cold lake or, or jumping into a cold shower and, and, and feeling the effects afterwards. And it's been instrumental oh, in, that, in that. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's fantastic. I mean, you, you kind of covered the spectrum there because um, most people kind of just think of the cold shower piece, um, but you have the full cold plunge experience, but then also just um, exposing yourself to different temperatures from Absolutely. between night and day, you know, not just sitting in a climate controlled uh, environment all day long um, at the same temperature during the day as as at night is sort of confusing to the body as far as circadian entrainment goes, um, which basically is just a fancy way of saying like your body has a hard time deciphering if it's night or day, exactly um, if the temperature and lighting is the same in both scenarios. <laughs> and and it's artificial light, right? So we all sit in these offices with, with all these artificial lights, and then we're talking about our computer screens, you know, um, the blue light exposure that you get. You've got a temperature-controlled environment. Now you're walking out, you know, your body's getting these mixed signals, and it needs to adapt to those mixed signals. But, I mean, over a long exposure of those type of stimuli, there's a negative, um, you know, there's a negative outcome within the body. And, and those things we need to be cognitive of. A lot of people can't necessarily change that environment. But if I found it that if you know these things, right, you try and find ways to improve it. And once again, to come back to the journey, if you know it, you can do something about it. I'm not saying you leave your job because, you know, you can't sit under an artificial light anymore. But I'm saying try and get out over midday. Um, go outside in the parking lot if you have to, right? Um, close your eyes and look at the sun, for example. Or even better, in the morning when the sun comes up, make sure you are outside getting that first ray of light into your eyes. At least doing little small things like that, it's, it's not optimal, but it's way better than just jumping into the car, getting into the office and starting your day under under unnatural light. Um, all these little small things at the end of the day will just assist in delaying any negative impact from, from exposure to, to, to artificial environments. Yeah, and it's all the small pieces that add up. And, you know, one, one thing you hinted at was um, your fitness routine or your exercise routine. You, you're obviously at, into trail running and running. You mentioned briefly at one point doing three runs a week on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You know, from from kind of a, a transformation perspective when you're uh, in the period of, you know, losing a lot of weight and uh, making transformations for your heart condition and things, what what did you find worked and what didn't work on the exercise front? Yeah, so I, I always love to run, and and your listeners, those of you that are on Strava, or you can you're welcome to come and follow me, and I'll follow you back, and you can see my daily, you know, running routines, etc. But so so from the get go, I've always loved running. Right, it's just been one of my things. Um, I probably come from the old rugby days. I used to play. We've also got a sport that we like to play here. I think. Nobody in the States probably knows cricket, but that's a it's a big game over here. It's sort of similar to your baseball. Sure. It's, not at all, it's not at all mm -hmm. similar. The movement looks the same, but it's it's baseball just seems <laughs> very complicated to me. I've I've Googled it before, but I just still can't understand it. Anyway, so so <laughs> so, so so from a cardio perspective, right? From a running perspective, my doctor did say at the start, right? So just go slow on the running, right? I mean you're 160 kgs, you can't go try and hitting you know, nine or eight or nine minute miles. Um, and you've got a, you know, you've got a heart that's, that's, that's enlarged. You can't put additional stress on it. Right. So at the start mm. it was, and I mean, I wasn't even that fit, so I couldn't barely run a hundred meters um, in any way. So I started on a run walk type of approach, but then as the weight started coming down, right. And the fitness started improving and you see the blood pressure improving, um, you know, you start to put a bit more effort into it. So that first year or two, you know, was all about the cardio and running the fat off, but you get stronger. Um, and then I started getting this type of, you know, uh, runner's body that I like to call it, where there's, there's a lot of lean body mass, but there's not a lot of, you know, normal muscle mass. And then I started getting into the weightlifting component. So my normal weeks look like this, right? So I try and get in about five runs a week. Um, and it's not just going out there running, right? I try and plan them according to is today's an interval session, tomorrow's a recovery session, today I'm doing heel sprints, tomorrow I'm doing cadence drills or acceleration glides. So there's always a reason to my runs each and every day. Um, and then obviously over a week in a nice long uh, recovery run. 
But then I also try to do weights at least twice a week. I try and keep the cardio and the weights at least eight hours apart from one another, just purely because there is an interference effect. Uh, I don't want to burn through all the muscle, you know, <laughs> that I've, uh, mm -hmm. that I've, you know, that I've picked up. And then I try and get about two or three swimming sessions in a week as well. And that's maybe just a nice 2K or a 3K swim in our pool. Um, just to, you know, for a recovery perspective and, and just because it's so good for the body. And obviously, you know, especially now we just came out of winter. It's, 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 it's a pretty good cold exposure, you know, jumping into, jumping into a cold pool in the middle of winter. So that's how the exercise oh, yeah. regime looks currently. So if you look at where I started to where I'm today, I mean, it's completely two different worlds. But once again, you know, it's a journey. You're not going to jump in all of a sudden and start eating, you know, five-minute miles out of the bat and, and running, you know, one-kilometer intervals against the hill. It's all part of progressing. Um, and that's actually one big component, right, where Elite HRV played such a massive role is that what a lot of people do not understand um, – you know, from a layman's perspective is that you obviously need to give the body that overstimuli. Otherwise, you know, you just hit this plateau within your exercise and you never really progress. You always want to give it that extra notch so that it over super compensates. Um, and that's mm -hmm. really where I use elite HIV, right? So if I know I'm going out today, like this morning, went out for a, for a, actually yesterday morning, went out for a tempo run here at our local athletic field. So then I go all guns blazing, right? That's 10 um, reps by 800 meters at gold pace. Um, you will just have to excuse me. I'm using our metric system over here, but that would be at about between 330 and 340 minutes per kilometer pace. So that's full gunning for me, right? That's 95% maximum heart rate. Um, oh, yeah. So then I go, right? That's my tempo session. This morning, I wake up right, and I can immediately see there's a dip on my on my HRV because that's all due to the overstimulus that I gave it yesterday. So I'm not fully recovered. I still had about eight hours and twenty minutes of sleep. Didn't have too good deep sleep though, but there's still a bit of an after effect, you know. And the heart rate immediately shows that to me. So today I went out a bit more chilled. I did a few heel repeats, but the pace was completely down. And that's the type of thing that you need to implement to always keep on growing, become even more fitter, give the body that, that, that stimuli to super compensate for the effort that you've put in and use Elite HRV to monitor that every morning. It would have been stupid for me if I went this morning and went and did the exact same session because that's where you pick up the injuries. So you look at the HRV. I know what I did yesterday. Today, I just take it a bit more, you know, a bit more chilled. And I guarantee you tomorrow morning, I'm back to my normal you know, my normal baseline. So then I know, boom, I can eat it again. Wow. And so do you do your own uh, programming or uh, do you follow any protocols for that? Or I know there's obviously an auto-regulation uh, component or an HRV regulation component, but um, how do you think about planning your, your training out? Yeah, so so as with all the other different elements, you know, whether the food or the sleep or the fasting, the exercise and the HRV plays the same role. I, I, I consume everything that I could potentially find out of the people that I look up to, right, like yourself and, and the rest of the people that I follow. Um but 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 science and 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 the, the the information out there is not really that difficult, you know, to to grasp and understand. But you must make sure that you find the correct individuals, right? The people that inspire you. So I do my own planning, um, but I know I look at, at at these different pages on Facebook. I engage with these different coaches, even if it's via Twitter or wherever. Um, you know, dropping a little questionnaire. Many times you can simply go on Facebook on a group, right? Let's look at science of running. You can go onto that group and you can literally type in over there, what is an acceleration glide drill? Because I saw this, at, you know, on a, on a show somewhere or I saw Jason doing it the other day on Strava. And there you will get a complete explanation from an Olympic coach telling you what an acceleration glide drill is and what that does for you, right? Or what is a cadence drill, you know, getting getting higher cadence. And then I simply go and do that, and I get the benefits thereafter. So it's breaking it down into practical terms for yourself, understanding the context that you, you know, that you're reading it in, and then simply going out and applying it. Um, and like I said, you know, through this journey, I've obviously, you know, I've walked into a situation where it was not always probably the best advice, but then you learn from that and you do, you know, and, and, and you don't do it again. 
And that's essentially how I in- incorporate the different plans that I have. Till today, I've never paid for a coach. I've never paid any money except for my cardiologist to to get here. Um, obviously, I've paid for the app and all the other items that I use, but that's just because I like the premium features. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you've got to take responsibility, right, for your, for, for your own life. The coach is not always going to be there. Um, and coaches are good, don't get me wrong. Um, but there needs to be that little inner voice that tells you when the coach is away, when you know he's not going to be the one in the in the shoes running. Um, neither is he going to be the one you know picking up the fork and putting the food in your mouth. There needs to be that self control element. Mm, that's so big, and you know it's it's also kind of uh, useful for people to hear that you can get so far without having to buy a lot of you know expensive things and you have a few tools in your toolkit that work and work well for you and honestly maybe i'm biased or whatever but i don't think they're expensive and not at all um, <laughs> you, you know <laughs> remember i pay for it i pay for it in our currency right and we're not going to get into the politics of thing but the the rand versus the dollar is i mean there's no comparison over this and for me it's still true so if it's cheap for me in South Africa, <laughs> it's cheap for anybody else. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And um, well, Tyrone, this this hour really flew by because wow, it's an um, hour already. <laughs> it is. It's you know you're very well spoken. You've clearly thought a lot about your journey, and and that's just what it is, right? Is that it's the journey that you've paid close attention to, and um, it's kind of amazing to think that it's only been five years for you because of the uh, progress that you've made on so many fronts. And, Absolutely. Um, so it, yeah, it's very inspiring. And, um, and I know I, I really appreciate you sharing the setbacks and, you know, kind of the hard points as well and how you've learned to manipulate the data. Is there anything that you'd like to kind of, we'll, we'll probably, you know, wrap up the story here, but is there anything you want to share with anyone uh, that we haven't covered so far? I think we've probably touched on a lot of different things. I, I can't wait to re-listen to this podcast myself. Um, it really did fly by, but I think the one major point for me is, is just to coming back to, 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 to the journey, but also acknowledging where you are right so if you're on any part in your life where you feel unhealthy or you've got weight to lose or you just want to get fitter get these little small controls read up on the articles engage with with guys like yourself jason and 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 the rest of the guys that are out there uh the likes of rob wolf you know engage with these people listen to the podcast over and over and over and at a stage, it'll just click, you know, the light will just go on and then it becomes an addiction. And then, you know, you just cannot let it go because you go down this, you know, you go down this path that just keeps on giving you all these, you know, rewards in the back end. But it's all about just getting out of the blocks and actually starting it um, and surrounding yourself, like I've said before, with with the individuals that really know what they're talking about. And that for me is the most important part. Nobody else can do it except yourself. But you have to, you have to, you know, the people, you, you have to surround yourself with people that, you know, that can inspire you to keep it going. And you, you know, highlighted too a few minutes ago, don't be afraid to ask because there's so much, you know, free information out there. And not, like you said, not all of it is good information. So it's important to find sources of good information, but Absolutely, also yeah. don't be afraid to ask um, because people are often willing. People want to be helpful in general, I find. Oh, yes. No, absolutely. And I mean, you can go onto the social platforms and you can see who's a, you know, who's a, who's a guru and who's a, you know, a snake oil salesman and then who's the people that really do care. Um, and you need to read through that fluff. Don't take social media too personal. Engage with these people if you need to. Um, and I can guarantee you, you will find what, what you know, what will work for yourself. Um but but that that that's that's the biggest takeaway for me. But but get started, ask the questions. You've got nothing to lose at the end of the day. In this day and age, you know, with with the internet, social media platforms, you don't really have an excuse, right? <laughs> you've got it all at your exposal. <laughs> right. you, you've got it all at your uh, you know ex- ex- exposal now. So 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 use it. Well, um, Tyron Grinwald. I, I don't think it, it sounded as good this time around. No, it's still uh, perfect. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much again for sharing your journey. And I know this hour flew by for me also. Oh, and yeah. honestly, um, it's uh, a very, I, I just don't know what to say. Your story is very inspiring and uh, it's actually reminded me to uh, check into some things that I've been really busy with Elite HRV um, and I deal with stress and, and overwhelm and things like that, just like anyone else. And um, uh, I have some tweaking and tightening up I can do on various things that I know work for me. And uh, and you've inspired me to continue on that journey. So Stunning. I really thank you personally. So, so let's make a date for five years from now again. Then we have a follow-up session. Then let's see where we are again. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be great. That, let's make a that date. sounds great. <laughs> calendar now and I'll mail you a week before that. Tell you, hey, we had a date five years back, right? Are you ready for the next podcast? Imagine how it will look back back then. <laughs> It'll be a completely Amazing, different experience. Yeah. But thanks again, Jason. It's been it's been great chatting to you. This was my first podcast ever, um, but it was really really something uh, exceptional. And and once again, thank you to yourself and the entire team for an absolutely great app uh, all the work that you guys do on the podcast the articles the information that you put out there i really cannot thank you enough thank you tyron this has been very uh educational and inspirational i think for for everyone listening and you know i'm honored to be part of the journey personally and the rest of the team too so um it, it really uh makes it a lot easier to come to work so to speak uh when you're when you know that you're helping people uh, like this and i know that uh not every job is the same but i'm just grateful to be in this position so i Absolutely. i really thank you great stuff well thanks uh, with that we'll wrap there and thanks everybody for listening and uh you know you can find the show notes over at elitehrv.com/podcast and um if you're you know uh, let's give a round of applause. I know Tyrone can't hear uh, all of it, uh, but I think it's an amazing journey. So thanks again, Tyrone. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it.